Welcome to another edition of the Membership World Podcast. I'm Gordon Glenister, and in this edition, we're going to be talking about the importance of technology in growing membership in uncertain times. I'll be joined by Glenda Parker, who's the CEO of HeartSquare, one of the largest consultancies in the NFP sector. Now, I recently completed a detailed research project on the impact of COVID-19 to the membership sector, which certainly gave some very interesting insights. And you can receive a printed copy of this in our 20-page report if you visit membershipworld.co.uk. I'm also going to be talking at Chase Livestream event on the 10th of September at 10.50am. The event is free to register, uh, but you can also find more details on the membershipworld.co.uk website. And just a reminder to subscribe to this podcast to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. Now, I reckon we've probably advanced about 10 years in terms of digital transformation due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And that's despite all the heartache that it's caused. I mean, if you look at subscription memberships that are rising rapidly, like Netflix and Disney Plus, and from a technology point of view, things like Zoom and Microsoft Teams have played an enormous part in enabling better communication and connection with members. There's been an 83% increase in social media usage, according to my research. It's been particularly apparent on Twitter, which has gained a reputation as a news platform for speedy content delivered in a timely manner. Many of the membership software suppliers I speak to are reporting increased level of interest, most commonly in the form of community and forum building applications. In the last couple of episodes, we've seen how regular communications and promoting yourself as a central resource can be an effective way of non-members discovering you. And there are all sorts of really exciting developments that have risen for membership bodies and site owners now. More and more memberships and marketing communication teams are using webinars as lead magnets to convert to either membership or indeed educational courses. And even if you charge for these, consider offering members one free digital ticket, perhaps, and then charging for the additional one. Every membership organisation should have a proper engagement strategy, and this is more important now than ever. There's lots and lots of excellent CRM platforms out there that allow you to track member and non-member behaviour. You need to be looking at every process in your business and consider what you can potentially automate and that includes of course outreach to prospects there's some amazing event apps that are on the market at the moment and they've become more and more advanced in helping members get the very best out of their events and that includes virtual events of course with some amazing functionality delivering some really great member experiences so i wanted to get glenda parker's view on the sector right now and I started by asking a little bit about the HeartSquare story. So I started the business uh, in 2009 and we started off being an independent consultancy practice. And what we were really keen to do is to build the practice and the knowledge around delivering technology projects in the sector, but then keep the knowledge as to make sure that we can evolve and we can help the sector. So it was a very specific um, uh, priority for us and a conscious decision to make sure we were building that practice and building that skill set knowledge base. So we have 22 employees today. So in most of the 
the business is around providing those independent consultancy services. Generally around nonprofits, whether they're associations, membership bodies or charities, around how to get the most out of technology. And generally that involves how to procure technology, but also find the right partner. And that's really, really key, as we all talk about um, in this day and age. But in 2016 as well, what we wanted to do was we wanted to reach more people. That was a genuine need for us, um, a, a genuine desire for us to reach more people and start to educate them about how not to have a failed project. There's just too many of them in the sector, especially in the charity environment. And as part of that, we started to run very small events and then we started growing them into larger conferences. And all of our conferences that we run since 2016 is about how to make sure you get the most out of technology while not being an IT-related um, event. It's, it's for business leaders who need to make decisions but aren't IT directors themselves. So, um, you know, HeartSquare and the services we provide and the events we run, we tend to speak to leadership audiences. That just tends to be the people who engage in our consultancy services. But, you know, obviously once we're mid-project or in-project, we're working with the operational people and the operational teams to deliver so from a traditional consultancy, completely vendor agnostic and independent, we've moved into the events arena purely on the basis of educating. So, and it's worked really well. And where we can, you know, we get sponsorship for our events purely so that we can run them free of charge for our delegates. And, you know, that's delegates of, and, and organizations of all sizes, especially a conference like Chase, where we make sure that, you know, this very, very small charities can benefit as well as the very large ones. That's always been important to us. So, you know, the event side is the exciting part of, of reaching so many people. And so really now HeartSquare has two parts to the business. I, I love it to put on the event, like the Chase one coming up. It's a full year to put it on. It's hard, hard, hard work. But when it all comes together, just to see the sheer number of people who benefit from it, you know, and the networking aspect in the sector, as, as you know, is just phenomenal. It's a very important part of it. And obviously that's been missing in the last few months, but it's the networking aspect. Even when you have a thousand people at a conference, they don't feel like there's a thousand of them. They still come together in the one venue and it's really nice. All, all of the team at HeartSquare have come from the nonprofit sector. That's their background. So I think that adds another level as well. So as, as well as being, you know, a very good change consultants and project managers and implementers, they've all come from the nonprofit sector. So that that's that just is another level um, that we really benefit from. You'd mentioned the last few months or so, and a lot of the projects that you'd be involved in are of some magnitude in terms of size. Have you seen these projects halt or slow down or decisions being stalled? Yeah, I mean, it's been phenomenal. We would never, ever have predicted that I think every single one of our project, bar one, and for very good reason, continued. You know, there was a period uh, for a few weeks in March, of course, where everyone, including Heart Square, you know, you scramble around a little bit to, to, to try to bed down what's going to, how you're going to do, adapt. But really, after those few weeks in March, not one of our projects stopped. Some slowed down a little bit just to regroup and just to figure out how it was all going to work, but none of them stopped. And actually, we've had several go lives during COVID in the last few months. Um, that's testament, obviously, to, to our clients more than anyone else, but also the providers they were working with. They wouldn't have been able to do it without the help of providers and, and hopefully with us. But, but you know, to a large extent, um, if you're implementing technology, you're working with that provider. And so for them to have 
been able to implement and distribute tools that the clients can work with, that they can continue with the project. A lot happened in a very, very short amount of time. So we were quite surprised. And now everyone just continued. I mean, you know, that happened for the first few weeks. And now all of the projects just ran along on time, on budget, as they would have outside of COVID, to have even gone live. So I think we had recently three to four go lives just in the last two months at Heart Square. So really quite phenomenal. Well, well, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because you'd have thought, particularly in the charity sector, quite a few of them would have been furloughed. So when you've got client project team not all available that in itself could create other challenges but uh, I, from from some research that i've done certainly trade associations and membership bodies have never been busier uh, the demands amongst for their members has been quite considerable what sort of trends have you picked up that has happened in the last three or four months that are that are really noticeable that's a really good question i actually have noticed things that I, I can't find a trend actually, and I'll, and I'll come to talk about some of the, the you know, the, the, uh, more detail in a minute. But actually, there are no trends. At the beginning of COVID, we weren't being approached to start new projects, as you would imagine. You know, people weren't just going to start from scratch something that they wouldn't have done uh, had COVID not been around. But what was interesting was that while projects continued, we were still hearing outside of our client base that even in membership and associations, people were being furloughed. 90% of staff in some of them, um, you know, and we do know of, of, of some very large um, associations who had only the FD and the CEO coming into work. So while that was happening just in the sector that we know, and certainly within charities, and we know all about the issues with charities and fundraising and donations, our client base happened to have continued. So that wasn't, I'm not saying that's the norm at all. And while it was a trend within our clients, and I guess that was because they'd already started to invest. And once you start to invest, you don't want to just stop that. You'd need to stop it for very good reason. You know, you don't want to throw away that money. So I guess they continued. But despite all of those stories about being furloughed and all of that, we've had major charities start projects with us now in the last couple of months. So it didn't happen right at the beginning, but it's happening now. We're kicking off, you know, large projects for charities like Scope and Asthma UK. And we're bringing in still new projects from membership bodies and associations in the last few months. So during April and May, it was quite quiet. But now, despite Despite hearing all of those things about charities and in the news and, you know, the things you mentioned, Gordon, it, we are still seeing that projects are continuing for the people we're speaking to. So I think there's a mix there. When you mention projects, what are people asking for? Is it community sites? Is it collaborative tools? Is it online education? Is it membership portals or all of the above? Or <laughs> All of the above. Um, uh, certainly online management tools, certainly uh, learning management tools, certainly collaboration tools. And I think the collaboration tools is an important one. And this is where we are seeing some of the trends. It's more collaboration tools to allow them to get on and work remotely, collaboration tools that will allow them to continue to deliver their projects. So it was a necessity more than, oh, we, we think we ought to look into collaboration tools. So just basic things um, in, in order to work in a group environment, you know, outside the webinars and the Zoom meetings, you do need document management tools, you do need project management tools that allow a large project teams across different sites across the UK to be able to work collaboratively. And, um, you know, that's testament as well to the technology providers who are actually 
enabling their clients to um, onboard with these tools so that they can start to deliver their projects. We are finding IT providers and cloud providers are really seeing an opportunity as well because they're the ones who provide these tools. So we're working more closely with them and it's just more of an enabler than it is about, oh, I'm going to do this big project on collaboration. It's just, well, I need some tools in order to continue delivering my business services and my membership benefits. So we have seen those tools come into play more and, you know, seeing our clients get the most out of it. And they've really embraced it out of necessity or otherwise, they really have. That's good. I mean, I'm also seeing uh, the decision-making process has uh, got super quick during COVID for certain things because, and I'm just relaying some trade associations now where they didn't have an online education platform. They literally, their, their, their financial model was all about face-to-face in venues, hotels and the like. And therefore they had to, you know, consider an online platform would have taken you know, a certain amount of time and get board approval. Well, this was done in a matter of weeks. And of course, the other big area is, is online events, of course. You know, lots of membership bodies have, have all made, they make quite a lot of money from the, the physical events and they, they've had to move very quickly and therefore the decision making to do that has been quicker. Has that been your experience? Yes, it has. And and I think that to me is a, is a plus, you know, to, as long as you're making the right decisions, of course. But yeah, the decision making, I don't think people thought they had all the time in the world. Uh, you know, they thought they had to act uh, quickly. But again, you know, you mentioned uh, events and of course, you know, membership bodies and, and charities, a big part of what they do is, is running events. And I think it depends where their events or their conferences were falling, whether they decided to cancel them, to postpone them or to wait till next year. Some have done that, while others have said, I'm just going to make it virtual now. You know, and we had the Association for Project Management who've been a client of ours for a while. They ran their biggest annual conference within weeks of COVID coming in. They marketed it really well. The format, the agenda was really maximizing the use of of remote and, and virtual technology. So they ran theirs very quickly. Others are taking their time and either postponing or canceling for this year. But I guess they're all going to be in a position where they've got to just decide which way one way or another they're going to adapt because they don't want to keep on cancelling their events and the other side as far as our clients are concerned are also training courses and classes and a lot of them who provide qualifications and certifications and cpd they have to continue that's their main core membership service and and probably their main profit driver you know because that that is the you know somebody becomes a member because they want the qualification there are some really good examples where um, learning management systems have really come to the forefront where some of our clients didn't even have an online provision they didn't even have an online offering they have now very quickly because those things are you know you can implement something quite quickly if it does the main things and and it's, it's around also making sure that those events are still delivering the value that they're supposed to so we've had plenty of our clients like STEM really see an increase in their profit just during COVID more than pre-COVID. So that's also a very positive sign of people's ability to get online really and to not let it stop them. So let's talk a little bit more specifically. I'm very keen to get an idea from you about technology, membership technology. What's what's out there at the moment? What are you seeing that's that's different? They're seriously wanting a community 
online so so a lot of a lot of the community based apps and technology that are out there are coming to the forefront a lot of apps just generally are coming to the forefront i think the virtual events scene is what people are, are, are struggling to uh, come to terms with just for, for two reasons firstly they're not used to doing virtual events the whole networking aspect and the in person physical events is being the norm and traditionally i think given the opportunity it will go back to that because you can't replace that that physical connections but but also there's so many tools out there how do you pick the right ones you know we've just been through it ourselves in terms of what tools right for us there's thousands upon thousands out there so i think the virtual events and lms are the real areas that you know and and i think some of the more creative and innovative providers are trying to build those online communities where online communities themselves aren't a new thing but so certainly when membership associations think they need to interact and engage in a new way then they are drawn to things like the online communities so i think there's a lot for for the sector to learn around that in the, in the coming months do you think more people will join on on mobile for example yeah absolutely it's out of necessity isn't it and i think people are also realizing that working remotely doesn't mean working in front of your laptop so the more that you can get out of mobile technology the more you can connect the more you can just use zoom and 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 run a webinar on your mobile a lot of people wouldn't have thought of doing that prior they thought they needed to have their full screen their laptop in front of them but you can get so much more done on the mobile i mean it's it's mad and and the apps out there are are absolutely amazing we work with a lot of the technology providers a lot of whom are going to be at the chase conference who do nothing but build membership app services so it's it, you know it's it's a really good time i think for me in the world of community and membership it's all about engagement not enough now to just literally sign somebody up for a member um <clears throat> invite them to a few events and then send them the renewal letter uh, hoping that they're going to renew i mean those days are gone now aren't they you know it's yeah. much about having a really strong engagement strategy in place where you know you're talking to them and you're talking to the audiences in a completely because i think many organizations as i say have segmented audiences and it's really important that we use technology to simplify that message delivery. Yeah, I mean we've been banging on that drum for a long time, you know, it's all about engagement, you know, and to build the brand and to build the loyalty and to and to have the relevant communications. Otherwise, why else are you undergoing a technology project? You're not doing it because you you think you just need the newest and and and, and you know the shiniest thing out there. You're doing it purely for the benefits of engagement. So yes, that's been our mantra for a long time, Gordon. It's all about the engagement. How are you going to engage better in order to increase your retention, to increase your membership base? It's you can't just do it with a piece of technology the technology is there purely for you to engage better more relevantly segment your database i mean we've been saying that for years at heartsquare so if it's finally come you know and 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 that's why events like like techsmart and, and chaser there because it allows people to hear it and to hear it from the experts in the sector about why technology is important I love hearing a live case study from a charity or a membership body about how they've used a piece of technology because as you rightly say it's a big investment for a lot of these and they sometimes don't always know what they don't know. Yes, it's very true and they don't know exactly how to get the benefit from it. And yeah, the client case studies make up a big part of our, our conferences. Um and it's not just about, you know, I've gone live last year or last month it's about these are all the issues I had 
this is when things really, really got bad and this is what we did to overcome it. These are the lessons learned. These are the 10 things not to do. The sector is absolutely fantastic at sharing those stories, good and bad. They genuinely want their peers to succeed. So to share those journeys, you know, and obviously come out the other end successfully, but still to set the expectations that it's not easy. Um, So only do it when you're ready and only do it when you're very clear of what your objectives and business benefits are. I think sharing those hard lessons is what a big part of, of, of the sector is about. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good thing to be able to do. Do you think we're going to see more augmented reality, more gamification, some of these sorts of things which actually create a real uh, exciting environment for people to engage? Oh, I hope so. I'm not sure what's to come, but I, I wish someone would do something. I mean, you know, we, we, there's talk about it all the time. And I think, and I think a very advanced uh, technological company like um, Salesforce are already doing things like that uh, to, to see some real live, real, you know, uh, organizations using it would be fantastic. But yeah, surely that's the way forward. We tried to touch on that a little bit when we run our TechSmart event, where one big strand of TechSmart is to look to the future. You know, so we have very inspirational, aspirational speakers talking about the future. And and that's great. You know, that's what's to come. That's what we should be thinking about now. It'd be great to actually see some of it now, especially in the sector. Um, But yeah, I think think we will. Maybe we'll see it because I think in this, you know, we've all forced to move into a space that for some has been a little bit uncomfortable. But you know what? What I've loved, it's very it's a leveler, isn't it? From a CEO right the way right the way down to the person that's the administrator. They're all having to do homeschooling. The kids might come into the room. Uh, and that's come out in our research actually the stuff that i've done is is productivity has been um it's been extremely high for people uh, in the sector it, it, despite all of the challenges that that has been suffering on that i mean that's amazing so that would mean that you were measuring or they were measuring productivity prior to covid so so yeah i i think it's 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 absolutely amazing you know, when CEOs even have said to me, it's given us all a better understanding of what every individual done and, and made us much more appreciative of perhaps the level of effort required to do something where we thought, oh, well, John will just do this and Fred will just do that. But actually, wow, look at this, because they're seeing the reports together. And uh, yeah, that's that's been a real interesting, uh, interesting part. Fantastic. And, and, and is, is that part of the, uh, the report you're launching at, at Chase, Gordon, or is that a separate report? No, no, that's, that's included. We did, we've measured, um, we've asked the questions about um, productivity and um, what it's like to work from home um, and some of the things to do with motivating staff, uh, how to keep them uh, engaged. Uh, and, and also sometimes people have talked about having separate uh, sessions with the furloughed people so they're not feeling completely left out of the of the chain um mm. just i know that they're not supposed to be you know uh, being asked to do work but some form of engagement was also seen to be uh, a part of it absolutely they're still your employees aren't they and um coming in to make sure that they're all right and keeping in touch with everyone is is important while not considered yes you're not there delivering any service or anything that's seen to be profitable for the business basically you've got to keep in touch with them it must be really difficult especially those organizations that have had you know 50 60 70 percent of their staff furloughed that was glenda parker from heart square 
This podcast is sponsored by RD Mobile, award-winning event and member engagement solutions used by over 350 organizations in 20 countries, powering virtual events and delivering ongoing value. Find out more at rdmobile.com. Well, that's it for another edition of the Membership World podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you don't miss future episodes. And thanks again to our sponsor, RD Mobile, and to my producer, Neil Whiteside. If you want to get in touch with me, then don't uh, hesitate to drop me an email, gordon at gordonglenister.com. So until next time, it's bye from me.